I don't know what you had in mind But here we stand on opposing sides Let's go to war Let's go to war Two bang Bobby Two bang Bobby <laughs> Live and in person Well, over the internet at least The Pugilist Podcast Episode one Episode one, dude So I'm super excited to do this So we're going to do this a little differently though like I'm going to push this out on my normal streams, like on my normal, I'm going to do different kinds of episodes, right? It's, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's its own project. We're just going to push it out there to our hopefully growing audience. But it's, it's under the, the hack Daniels sort podcast of, network. Yeah. The network, the media, if you will. Yeah. And if we ever, you know, as we grow, we'll, uh, we'll push it out on its own feed, man. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm super excited about doing these type of episodes, dude, because like I love talking about the fight game and mixed martial arts, and um, you do too. <laughs> so. I, yeah, and I have nobody to talk uh, MMA with, you know, about nobody else watches it in my social circle. So yeah, and if they do, it oftentimes it's like it's very yeah. it's very casual. Yeah, we're anything but casual, right? Like like they're more interested in talking about the Jake and Logan Paul fighting Conor McGregor than they are about, you know, right. A lot of the other fights. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, so I don't knock anybody who's just even like marginally interested in fighting because I'm marginally interested in a lot of sports. It's sometimes just really difficult to talk to people about it. Like, yeah, you know I mean, like I can't, like my buddies can spew like baseball stats and it's like, just <laughs> not me. Right. Like I'll know like a few random facts, but there's some stuff that I'm just like, yeah, right, dude, like whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm, I am many people are, Base, like me to baseball basically is what I'm trying to get at. So I yes. don't talk to anybody, man, but this is, this is one of my faves. Dude, I was actually going through my DVDs in my garage because like I've had them boxed up forever and I found like all my fighting collection and I was just like, Oh, what, uh, what are they, are they primarily UFC or I have, so I have every pride that was ever put out. What? Yeah. I have every DVD, every pride DVD that was ever made but obviously they weren't on as long. And then I, yeah. have, I stopped buying UFCs, um, at one sixteen. And, and there's only one that I didn't have. It was the first event that was, uh, held in England at like Albert hall. And at the time, I'm sure I could go back and get it now, but at the time there was some weird, um, you know how like UK video is different than like other video or whatever, like how they like they had the, they had the region coding, so. regional coding and all that. So yeah. like for a long time, when I you remember I used to chase the DVDs because I couldn't watch the pay per views in in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, that was like the only one that I couldn't have. But I realized that the UFC just wasn't gonna fucking stop. And now here we are, like more than a hundred plus events later. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's what a it's yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm super, super happy that Dana White was able to um, keep the promotion going in 2020 when all these other, you know, when basketball and baseball and football and all that shit were shutting down due to COVID, you know, he, uh, yeah. He yeah so, I'm at, so I'm looking at the, you, you know, I'm looking at this page you referenced and uh, only five events actually got canceled. And I doubt all of that was even because of COVID. Some, you know how sometimes events get pulled anyways, it, it may be, um, actually it, it may all be because of COVID because it happened early enough, but they still ran like 46 events, dude. Like, yeah, total 456 Fuck fights in 2015 or in 2020, um, title fights, oh. 19 title fights, bro. 
And some really fucking good title fights we had on there. Yeah, well, I'm just, it, it, all through fucking COVID, like yeah, wow. Yep. If you haven't watched the, uh, if you haven't jumped on ESPN Plus and watched the uh, declassified Fight Island stuff, like what they went through to try to get that thing off, which obviously is pertinent to right now because they're doing it again. It was incredible. <laughs> it, what like the the hoops they jumped through to provide a safe environment for these guys was incredible. Nothing short of incredible. I, I just, I remember when Dana came out and he's like, he's like, we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep this sport going and the media backlash he immediately took. Oh, they shit on him so bad. Didn't yeah, they? Dude, they uh, fucking tore him apart for. So that's one thing I love about the history of fighting is if you look back, you know, I'll use the Cinderella man reference. A lot of people have seen that movie. Um, that was during like the great depression and stuff and like fighting just pugilist sports in general seem to be, uh, incredibly resilient for whatever reason, whether it be great depressions, pandemic, any of this stuff, you know, when people are in hard times, like massive social unrest, like through the Vietnam era and all that stuff, like they're still, they're still fighting. Fighting yeah. is still a big deal. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I very much value the sport as other people do. And I think, um, I think the UFC is a hallmark of that now. I think it's going to up uproot boxing if it hasn't already. Really? Oh, it are, it already has, man. There's there's very few stars in boxing, and it's just not as captivating of a sport anymore. You know, it's yeah. not it's not. I what think it once I think was. the promoters it was it's the promoters' fault, in my opinion. Um, I don't I don't know much about the insider sort of stuff with boxing. I appreciate a good boxing fight, um, but I don't chase them. You know, and I won't make. I won't like redo my plans or something where, where like if a UFC's on, like don't even talk to me, you know, like yeah. we're, not, we're staying home. Like, <laughs> like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like, of course we're going to watch the UFC. So yeah. What was your favorite part about 2020, man? Like, I mean, it was, it was a really awkward, but still great year of fighting. Like, yeah. I mean, COVID aside, I mean, the show, the show went on. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't really lose anything, you know, from an MMA fans perspective. Um, but like, if I had to say like what my favorite single, most favorite moment was, um, it was when Gaethje, uh, beat Tony Ferguson. Mm. I, I was so pumped for that event and for that particular fight. And the stakes were so high because, you know, I mean, it was an interim title fight and, you know, Tony was on this crazy win streak and Gaethje had this, you know, kind of career resurgence after getting stopped by, by Poirier and, mm-hmm. and Eddie Alvarez. And I just, I knew it was going to be a good fight. I thought Gaethje was going to win, but I did not expect him to do what he did to Tony. Seeing Tony just get like utterly dismantled uh, with the exception of that uppercut he landed on Justin in like the second round, I think. Um, yeah. I think yeah, we, I think we saw some long term effects from being dismantled like that too because Tony looked like shit in his um or no against was, was against that the most recent fight Tony just fought Charles Oliveira and lost that's a, right. yeah, yeah a that's my yeah so that's my point so um I I was getting him confused for a second he looked like he looked awful in that Oliveira fight Oliveira's coming on strong but you know I think um I think you're I think that's a great um that's a great fight to hang your hat on I I didn't see that coming from you but I. I'm going to, I would go in a different direction for me. It's yeah. I don't know. I, I really think that, uh, the Gaethje loss took a lot out of Tony and I don't know if, um, you know, I don't know if we'll, we'll see him 
hit a hit a win streak like he did and put on you know the performances that he's had in the past. Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh I don't think we'll see him at one fifty five for much longer. You think he's gonna move up? I think when as they age, I think they have to. I just think it takes so much out of them, you know. These guys these guys cut pretty extreme amounts of weight and there's a lot of things that they can't do anymore. Like it's illegal to take IVs and things. So they're not able to work the system quite like they were like, you'll never ever see Conor McGregor at 145 pounds again. It's, it's that, I don't even think it's possible. There was just something that came out a couple of days ago. I think that said like some manager said that Conor could, could make 145 or maybe it might've been even one of his coaches. Yeah. I wouldn't said, question if whether or not he could make it. I would just question how would he look in the, in the fight. Right. Um, it just, it, it destroys these guys, dude. I hate seeing them cut that much weight. Yeah. And I think, I think the tides are turning, you know, I've talked to, uh, Kyle Stewart a couple times, man. And he's like building out, he, you know, he fought at 170. He has to do a lot to get his body there. Um, but he's not exactly a massive middleweight either. So now rather than cutting weight, he's going to, the, he's trying to gain weight. You know, he's trying to go to the squat rack. He's trying to build himself out. So, um, I think guys are thinking differently now, you know? Fight healthier, fight cleaner, fight faster, you know, um, and try to build your frame. Fight in the more natural weight class. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, dude, well, they've been talking about doing that shit, you know, for a long time. There, you know, there've been calls for like a, a 160 pound weight class and, and a 195 pound weight class. And I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with any more weight classes. Um, I'd hate to see it be like boxing though, where there's like yeah. so fucking many of them where you got yeah. one guy fighting across like five and six weight classes and shit. Yeah. And it just gets weird and diluted, but yeah, certainly I would, I would, I could see where they would, um, look at like some, where do you have like intense gaps and, and can you realign it to like a, you know, a 150, 150, you know, 160, mm-hmm. 170, 180 kind of scenario, you know, I don't sure. know, you know, and then add like, you know, I could see that like do it in 10 pound increments or something. I don't know. Um, but if, it, if anyone does that, it's not going to be the UFC. I don't think that they're, no, they don't. I think their weight classes. No, I, I was really surprised that they, um, years ago when they added the lower weights, really, really surprised. I didn't think they'd ever go below 155 personally. Yeah. But there's enough talent out there. It's all about talent. They said they'd never have women's MMA. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can thank the WEC for that. I mean, that's where the, you know, you can thank your eye Faber and yeah, all those for, other dudes for building those weight classes out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going with, um, JJ and, um, what the hell is her? How do you say your name? I don't want to say Whaley Zhang. Yeah. Whaley Zhang. I really like, I actually really like both of them. Um, I think they're technically superior to, most every fighter, including men. Um, I think a lot of women have to be because they're not powerful. And just like the mega mind abuse <laughs> that JJ took was fucking intense, dude. But what an incredible fight that was, dude. But that was the fight where she had that giant fucking hematoma where yeah, she looked dude, like she an looked alien. Like, yeah, dude. She looked like mega mind, bro. From <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if your your kid's probably not watching mega mind yet, but no. Yeah, I dude. No, she was dude. I, I so I love JJ. I always have. Um I actually feel like she won that fight. Um, obviously razor close, but, uh, I looked at, I look for that to be a barn burner again in 2021. I, th- I think they're trying to set Zhang up with, um, Nama Yunus. Yep. And if not, uh, what I saw on some social media feeds, if not her, then probably Esparza. I get that because obviously JJ has been unseated. You know, she's, um, sort of lost a couple one, you know, one, one ish one in between, I think somewhere and then lost again for the belt. So it, that always gets weird. Um, 
like when they, you know, their immediate rematch and all that stuff, like, is it warranted? Is it not kind of shit? So I don't know. Um, I think building, building a base behind a Chinese champion is a big deal for the UFC male or female, because that's a massive market. And dude, the, she's, she's just a fucking dude. The, the Chinese fighters are coming on strong, bro. Yeah, they are. They <laughs> are. Uh, I'm going to have to look her up, but there's another Chinese female. I just saw a fight recently, dude. She was a fucking banger. Yep. I, I know who you're talking about. I can't yep. think of her name, but yep. They have some, uh, some talent coming out of Asia, which is couple very males, nice to see a couple, couple Chinese males coming up too. They're, they're young and, um, they're, they tend to be lighter, but they're good, man. They're really, really good. So it's exciting. Um, when you can grow massive markets like that, you know? So, yeah. And I mean, from a UFC's, I mean, I don't really know what the, what they tried to do to get into the Chinese market. I know they had an ultimate fighter over there that Kung Lee coached Kung Lee and somebody else coached. Um, they've put on a couple of events or, you know, over there, but I mean, I don't, I don't really know what they're doing to recruit more Chinese talent because they have a huge fucking population. I guarantee that there are some, stars that are just waiting to be discovered oh i'm sure and i don't i don't think they've done one they've done one in macau and they've done one in singapore i'm not sure if macau is on the chinese mainland though they may not even actually been into i don't know i'd have to i don't know my chinese geography to be honest yeah neither do i very interesting man um i like it uh you know they have some visa issues and shit they have to work like tulsi gabbard if you ever look at jang's social media and stuff tulsi gabbard's always on there Oh, really? Like, uh, like commenting on her. Yeah. Cause she helped her get a visa to make sure she can come here to the States and fight. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know how Tulsi got, you know, involved in it, but, um, yeah, she, uh, she had some visa issues. Obviously if you have a champion, um, in the UFC, even if they're international, you still want to highlight them in the States too. You want to build that market everywhere. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. You, can't, <laughs> you can't have a person with visa issues. So, I have a hard time picking like which fight was better. Was it, the Whaley Zhang and Joanna fight, or was it um, Figueredo and Moreno that the fight that just happened at uh, UFC 256, the flyweight title fight? Oh, that was good. I mean, that was, that was that's the hardest fight. part about that. I mean, the, the women won fight of the year, and I don't Did think it? I don't think you can. Yeah, that fight won fight of the year. I don't think you can argue that. But there were some other really great fights. That that they don't do like a men's or women's fight of the year. I don't believe, um, and just. You know, so, you know, I haven't gone back to look at all the awards. Um, like, I don't know who won knockout of the year. Uh, I've seen so many. And I, and in my mind, just the dude, the kid Holland is, was it Holland, right? That knocked out Jacare. Yeah. What? I bet you, I bet you it was Joaquin Buckley with that spinning fucking. Ah, that was pretty back good. Kick. I mean, so that, that was, both of those were like super unique. Like you're not going to see those kind of knockouts again, at least not for yeah. a while. Um, so according to MMA fighting their number one was um, the Buckley spinning back kick. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, other people have been put to sleep from the bottom. Um, It was just, you know, that kid was fighting Jacare and he's, he's a relative up and comer. So the other two, um, that was a pretty unique kick. Yeah, it it was. I I personally liked the Holland KO over Jacare a lot better. And they had the MMA fighting has, has that one at uh, number two. That was just a, it's also, I think, super subjective because it's like what's most fresh in your mind, too. You know, it can yeah. always, and those are both relatively recent. Um, so, I don't, I don't invest too much in some of those awards, but you know, I think it's it's cool. And you know, yeah. what, what I think was probably the most brutal knockout 
in 2020 was um, Cody Garbrandt's knockout over Asunso. Well, that was disgusting, wasn't Dude, it? Dude, that was so bad. <laughs> that, was, that was such, that was, it was I mean, nasty. And I think the term gets thrown around like you hit him with a nuclear bomb or, you know, he got so, hit with a missile or something like that. I like that the walk like off. A- I like the walk off in that scenario. Like, I like comparing it to the walk because he literally threw one punch and then put his hand up. Yep. You know, that's one of those ones. You know, obviously, Garbrandt, when he's on, he's so fast, but so powerful at such a small weight. It's incredible what he can do. Um, and when he put, when he touches people, like he, he's just one of those kind of guys. His hands are so good. He just knows it. He knows when they're gone. He's done that, you know, with a couple other people. So, um, I really like Garbrandt. I, it's unfortunate. I feel like to see the kind of where his career is sort of gone after winning that belt, but I look for big things from him. 2021. I think yeah. he may try to go down. Um, yeah, he was going to try and go down to flyweight. I think, um, I think as long as he just fights smart, he's going to, you know, yeah, he probably overinvests in his hands. You know, some of yeah, he gets in. The, he's a fucking hothead, so he gets in these fucking slug. You know, he gets in these shootouts with these guys, and I don't. I mean, maybe his chin's not as good as he thinks it is, but um, I mean, the guy can. He definitely had an art. He he had a fair argument too. Like I think uh, two out of the three guys that he fought popped. They pissed hot with some some shit. So. Um, yeah. You know, that's, TJ that's, and- that's unfortunate. You know when that when that kind of shit happens, dude. That's sad. You know, you don't want to see guys catch L's for fights they actually shouldn't have been in because the other dude was illegal, you know? Sure, yeah. I don't know, man. This is one of those deals, I guess. But, um, yeah, man, uh, that knockout is... I mean, it's like, that, that's probably my favorite knockout. It's probably oh. one of the purest overhand right punches I think I've ever seen. Like, Chuck used to throw some crazy overhand rights, but that one was like, bend down, touch your toes, and just wing it, you know, like... But it was calculated, which was interesting, you know. Yeah, I was. What was the fight I was? Watching? Oh, when Rashad and Chuck fought back in like two thousand eight, Rashad it launched that fucking shot at him and yeah. knocked him out. You know, equally as brutal. Yeah, just pure. Yeah, pure. I think the I think what was worse about that one is the the way Chuck's unconscious body like fell to the ground. Yeah, well, I really like Chuck. So like when you see your favorite fighter just go completely limp, it's like oh my god. You know? Yeah. I don't even, I barely, I've watched the Tito and Chuck, the third fight, but I was now, I'm like, not even, I just can't do it. I just like Chuck too much. Like it's just, it's bad. That's a, that's a sad fight. We should just, that's like, um, that's not canon, you know, that's in the MMA world. That's that fight never should have happened. So it never should have happened. No, yeah. never should have happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. You know, what was the, what's that up and coming kid's name that did the fucking shoulder knockout thing? <laughs> like, he slammed he basically slammed him but he framed him out remember like we oh, just jordan jordan levitt yeah he's super weird like really yeah. weird but he fucking that was a pretty cool cool knockout too dude that kid's fucking is it jordan yeah i think it is jordan. He, he's just really weird jordan very levitt. eccentric you know but but uh obviously talented and sees things that other people maybe don't i mean i've never really seen someone frame somebody out when they were wrapped up in guard like that and then drop them yeah, shit, man. You might have to put that in one of the best knockouts of the. Uh, it, of I mean, it, it definitely should have been up there as uh, an honorable mention for sure. I mean, that was a horrifying, horrifying knockout. Well, you, yeah, that dude was out for a while. You don't really yeah. see. You don't see many. Actually, we saw a couple good slam knockouts, even on the, like on Remember, uh, what did she? She slammed uh, Nama Yunus and knocked her out. Yeah, she slammed um, her on her head. Some of those, some of those slam knockouts are uh, that's underrated, dude. Underrated moves there, man. 
Well, Gerald Harris, when he was fighting in the UFC, he was like known for that. Like he knocked out, I think like two or three guys like back to back with, with framing them up the same way Jordan did to, to yeah. Matt Wyman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, I would not want to be on the receiving end of, of one of those ever. Mm-mm. <laughs> just getting thrown when we used to spar and stuff, just getting thrown would suck. Let alone yeah. like, you know, but you were at least mostly capable of protecting your face and head. Yeah. When you're like, you know, when the fight is on for real, like, you know, those are things you maybe just can't do. So I don't know, dude. I think what made that that slam so much scarier too is the fact that this Jordan Levitt guy looks like the nicest dude in the world. You know, like the most unassuming, unthreatening <laughs> guy ever, yeah. right? Yeah, like. And then he just. I remember, just, like, dude, I was, we were texting during that fight, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this kid?" It's like super cringy. He's super eccentric. I mean, good on him. Like, he's gonna build a brand, and people are either gonna love him or hate him, and that's fine. But for me, he didn't. He, you know, it was awkward for me. But yeah, man, he, you know, I was highly surprised to see what he did in that fight. I was on that kid's hype train like two days prior to that event because totally he was, did like a 16 minute video on him. And I just, you can't not like him. I don't know. I, th- I think he's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, dude, <laughs> he's not my favorite, but uh, <laughs> he'll probably, you know, if he keeps, if he keeps winning like that, I'll win me over for sure. I mean, oh yeah, I like it when they, I like it when people throw caution to the wind, man, and they win, um, they win in unique ways do that. I think, um, just from us, sp- you know, I don't, I don't want to knock any of these guys because a win is a win in the UFC and they're fighting at the absolute highest level, you know? Um, but I love it when they are still willing to really throw and just throw caution to the wind. And that kid strikes me as someone who's going to continue to do that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. He seems like a, a go-getter, a guy that will uh, always look to come out and perform. I mean, yeah. I mean, and dude, I know they did a big, they do a big purge every year. I didn't really catch all the names that they got rid of, but um, when they purge people, dude, out of the UFC, like it's not like you're not safe necessarily. Like, what do you mean? Like when they get rid of fighters, like you, you gotta be, um, you gotta be winning, dude. You know, like oh, yeah, Arrow was one of them. Um, they let some fairly big names go, so you gotta fight. Is what I'm getting at. You know, you gotta fight. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they cut Yoel, they cut Anderson. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, they, I mean, Dana publicly said, like, I'm trying to get out of the old guy business. <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. So he let us kind of, thought that was kind of rude, honestly. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, you got, I mean, Tony Ferguson's 36, right? Is that old guy business or is he talking like, well, y'all was 43. How old's Anderson? He he had to have been 39, yeah, 40. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's in his 40s. Yeah. He's 45. Hey. Okay, that's a little fucking old. Maybe I stand corrected, Dana. Ooh. Yeah, Anderson's 45 years old? Yeah. I didn't know he's that old. I, I had no idea he was that old. I, I can barely get out of bed at 36. Yeah, Little, so. Nog, little Nog is probably... Um, late thirties, but honestly, that's a relative term also in fighting, you know, little nog is 44, but he looks oh, 84. Yeah, right. Wow. I didn't know little nog was 44. <laughs> that dude has been in some battles. Yeah, well, that's my point. And like, you know, there's some young, like, look at Jeremy Stevens. Mm-hmm. Like I would consider him, you know, he's part of the old guard, bro. Like he, that dude's been around for a minute. He started fighting in the UFC very, very young and he's been in a lot of battles. So like, I mean, it's a relative term, right? Like, yeah, he's, he, he is someone I would say 
you know, or Robbie Lawler. These are old guy, not so old guys, you know. But I don't think there. Jeremy Stevens is that. Yeah, I mean, he has he definitely has miles on him, right? But as far as like age goes, like I think he's pretty fucking young still. Dude, he, well, yeah. he took he took his fucking first fight like he's barely legal in the UFC when he first fought. Like he's our age. He's thirty four. That's my point, dude. And how many times have you seen that guy fight? Like, I feel like about 500 times. Exactly. So he's been fighting in the UFC since 2007. Yeah. I just think it's a, you know, semi, you know, it's kind of a weird relative term. Yeah. Carlos Condit, probably not terribly old. Matt Brown, you know, I'm reading, I'm starting to look at some of these fights that are coming up on this next card. Oh yeah. Um, Like these are, these guys aren't old necessarily in age, but they definitely have mileage, bro. Yeah. Especially Condit and fucking Brown. Yeah. That's, I mean, be interesting to see what happens with those two after that fight. I mean, Carlos, you know, I don't know. I think I've said it before, but as far as all time favorite fighters goes, he's, he's probably number two, um, for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Crocop number one, Carlos kind of number two. Yeah. I never got on the Condit train, man. Oof, man. I've been, I was watching him back when he, he fought he's, in pain craze, like back in 2005. Oh, really? Wow. I think that was the first time I saw him fight. So he's really good. But yeah, I didn't, I was never really on the Carlos Condit train, man. I just, I think I, what, this is going to sound kind of, I don't know, call it what you will, but what attracted me to Condit was his fucking stare down, like his, his pre-fight stare down, the way he looked at you. Oh, he's, yeah, no, he, he's, um, it was terrifying. He, yeah, dude, he's weird like that. Like he's got that thing, you know, he's got some of that, like, pre-fight it stuff you know i feel like if you caught him on a bad day in an alley he might honestly try and kill you you know like that's <laughs> yeah he's he strikes me as a type of dude like if he wasn't a professional fighter like he he would be uh doing some other weird violent things maybe he could he could could be like a matt brown is that guy as well matt brown is definitely that guy and <laughs> i think when matt brown was on the ultimate fighter because he, I think he's a recovering uh, drug addict, right? He was a heroin user at one time, and he he flatlined at one point. I mean, when you come back from the dead, you know, yeah, right? And then you dedicate yourself to mixed martial arts. I mean, that that kind of puts you in a in a very unique category um, of human being. And he's just Matt Brown's that type of guy. Yeah, I would never want to catch him on a bad day. I I feel like what was similar. the kid? I forget what the I forget what the kid. Uh, his name was that one that season. He was pretty good. He's not fighting in the UFC anymore, but remember on the show, somebody put lemon juice in Matt Brown <laughs> and his dip. tobacco. Yeah. And, and the dude, he wound up fighting him later on that week. And, and the kid who won it, he had like a, he, I remember he had like kind of a middle Eastern name, but he, he I, Amir Sadala. Sadala. He was like, I predict Matt Brown by murder. <laughs> well yeah that makes sense but even like forrest griffin was like you don't put stuff in a southern man's chewing tobacco and think yeah. like you're just gonna get away like he's like we ain't cool like that like we're you know i mean dude I, i've been on the matt brown train ever since then but yeah it's unfortunate i hate seeing the guy lose you know he's been in some amazing fights and he was on a huge terror, you know, a few years back. He was, I don't know, like a six, six or seven fight win streak. And then, yeah, he's, he's had some rough fights as of late. But this is, uh, if Matt Brown and Carlos Condit, I mean, I'm glad that they're fighting now. It's a fight that I've always wanted to see, but I wish it would have happened like five years ago. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing for me too. Is like, you know, this Calvin Cotter and Max Holloway fight is probably happening when it was supposed to happen. 
Yeah. Um, but what, like, yeah, Condit and Brown, you wish you would have seen them in their younger at their absolute level best because it would be just an incredible war. I'm not yeah. saying that they're not going to produce that this time, but, um, but they're definitely shades of what they were in their prime, you know? So it's unfortunate when you see some of these guys not really line up, you know, um, at the right time. I was super nervous for Carlos's last fight when he fought uh, court, you know, cause I, th- I, I knew that it was going to be a tough fight for him. And, and he had, you know, he had some really good moments in there where like you, he looked like the old natural born killer that, you know, I, I was a huge fan of. Um, yeah. I think um, he, I know he, he, I don't remember exactly why he walked away, but I know he's, he's had like sort of a mental progression, right? Like of how he walked away from the sport and what's brought him back to it kind of thing. <laughs> Who Condit? Yeah, and I think the fucking him. Robbie Lawler fight. He lost some razor. He also lost some razor close decisions that were kind of horseshit. I think weren't they? Well, I think he lost. I think he won the the Robbie Lawler fight. I think he should have been the UFC welterweight champion. Okay. Um, I've watched that fight three or four times. I still stand by it. I think he he should have won that fight. Um, but the, you know, he lost like a decision to Johnny Hendricks when Johnny was there. He got. TK, I would buy Woodley for a, a, you know, a knee injury. And then, I mean, he got finished by a couple guys. Mm. Um, Michael Chiesa finished him and Damian Maya choked him out quick. I remember watching that one and I was highly surprised. Like I know Maya's jits is next level, but kind of no slouch either. And I was really surprised to see him get submitted that fast. Yeah. Although that was a, I feel like that was a pretty fast turnaround from the Robbie Lawler fight too. And that Robbie Lawler fight was, I mean, that, that took, that took both years off both of those guys' yeah. life. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was a brutal, brutal five round yeah. contest. Uh, but yeah. And then, you know, he lost uh, to Neil Magny and which I, I did not think that that was going to happen, but at the same time, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to, to Neil because he's done it a lot in the sport. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the past, the past Carlos is on a win streak right now. Well, a one fight win streak. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with both of them. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm starting to appreciate more why they would come out in January with like three days of fight. So we'll just talk about the, the Holloway Cutter card, but, um, there's two more later that week. So we'll have to catch a, somewhere in between and do kind of a reaction and a, a run up to the McGregor fight. But, um, this card isn't that stacked. No, like you don't have like, you don't, you got some names on the card, but I, it's like a, okay. ease into 2021, but, uh, having not run like some kind of new year's Eve barn buster, like they have in the past, I'm a little surprised that they're coming out this, uh, this shaky, the top three fights on the main card, are, I think are going to be really really good though i mean i i, I refuse to believe that holloway and, and kelvin put on a bad bad no, that'll be good that'll be a good fight where do you I where think do you, where do you like that one going um dude kelvin's looks so fucking good lately um he really has you know and and max is coming off both those losses to to volkanovsky um i don't i i think i'm probably gonna have to go with holloway i just think maybe he's a more experienced, a little more battle tested. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Holloway by decision. Yeah, I could, I, I could see that too. I think, I think if Holloway 
I mean, we've seen weakness in, in Kelvin before. I forget who he fought, but somebody tore him the fuck up with leg kicks. It might have been Zabit. Either Zabit or Moicano. One of those two, they just destroyed his legs with uh, with kicks. One uh, thing I know for sure is that fight is unlikely to go to the ground. <laughs> if it does, it'll it'll be quick and back to their feet. I think they're both uh, really good boxers. And also yeah. surprising, it's going to be – you can watch this one on ABC – or ESPN Plus, so they've they're bringing it to like network television or whatever. Like you know, ABC, you can watch all kinds of sports on ABC. So it's like their first new kind of jump. When the fuck like, did this happen? I don't know, dude. They, I think it's like you know they used to have ESPN on Fox or, or they have UFC on Fox. Then they kind of did a lot of the UFC stuff, but now they're they're I think they're sort of replaced the Fox stuff to the to ABC. So are they are. Yeah. Really? Is there a relationship between ESPN and ABC? Or are they like owned by the same like parent company or something? I honestly have no idea. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Disney owns a lot of shit, and ESPN is under that umbrella. So I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know how stuff's like totally corporate structured, but oh, yep, yep, no, it is ABC. So that makes that, that makes a lot of sense. I don't. Yep. The UFC is never going to give up. Uh, the, now that they have ESPN, they'll never give that up. Well, it's nice. That's more exposure for them, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And any any exposure is good exposure, and that may be why this card uh, is like a hook card, you know, where they kind of get an exposure on ABC, and maybe they draw in some new viewership. So, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe. I mean, well, I wonder what the demographics are for people who watch ABC. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people should be watching sports right now with the shit show of a fucking country we live in at the moment so uh, any sport is good sport and i think it's uh, it provides a real distraction it does but yeah not too many of these guys you know not too many of the ufc fighters they all have causes um and they all do shout outs but not many of them are like hyper political guys you know so um it's kind of it's i think the sport at, at large has sort of remained a little um safe Free from yeah. yeah, free from some of that stuff, which yeah. these guys all have platforms. They have their right to do and say what they wish, but um, for whatever reason, the UFC hasn't really been intertwined in much of that. And it's Yeah, I don't know. Aside from Colby, like you don't really hear too many MMA fighters like going I th- out. And- I think Covington was just riding that train, man. I think it was just uh, a way you know, to fluff himself up a bit. That's his McGregor style, if you will. That'd be funny if like in 2021, he came out in all like Biden apparel. And you never know, man. I mean, <laughs> he his, his that's a one trick pony at this point now, right? So, <laughs> I mean, or does he keep doing it and you know make people hate him? But we'll see. Um, all right, man. Where do you got uh, Condit and Brown going then? Well, um, if that fight goes to the ground, I'm going to be super surprised. Even though they're both very crafty on the ground, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I can't I can't not pull for Condit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably Condit by decision. Ooh, is it really? be, okay. Yeah. So they got. So I'm looking at the UFC or the the yeah the UFC website. They got them list. They got Brown listed as a 150 underdog. I don't like that. Um, but I think Con it hurts him to the body and puts him out in two. Matt has uh, has shown the susceptibility to the body before. There's no way that Conant doesn't pick up on that, and I know he can kickbox. So I like a I like a big uh, left liver kick, if you will. 
You think he's gonna be fucking launching kicks? I think so, dude. I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, yeah, I, that I, yeah, he's got some nasty body, you know, like body shot punches too. Yeah. I, I could see him digging I, to the. I fucking. just, you know, I, if if it were me and I had Carlos Condit's body and skill set, I would fucking destroy Matt Brown's liver. Because <laughs> if not, he has the propensity to destroy your face, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you, where do you know you can really hurt him? I, you know, he's been put away. Um, he, probably as much to the body as he has to the head. So um, I love Matt Brown though. And I, and I don't, you know, I wish when he tried to walk away before he would have just stayed away uh, because again, I think he's just got so much damn mileage on him. You know, some of these guys, you got to protect them from themselves. So this yeah. will probably be one of the last fights we see Matt Brown. And I hope he doesn't, you know, I hope it's a good fight. Um, I could see it going either way, but I feel like Condit probably, like I said, I think he hurts him to the body, probably puts him away in two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if and Condit's young enough to have another couple years in him, I don't think Matt can. I think he, I think uh, the sports passed him by personally, which is was Matt? Matt's oh fuck, I didn't realize Matt Brown was forty. Yeah, he's getting up there, man. He's already tried to walk away once, dude. I think it's once they try to walk away and they come back, it's dangerous. Yeah, and everybody's mentally tough, like Randy Couture, you know. Yeah, that's true. Oh, um, Santiago Ponzinibbio and uh, Lee Zheng Liang. I think, so I, uh, I, I do not like Lee Zheng Liang. No, at all. I think he's. I, I don't like his uh, his personality. I think he comes off as super super arrogant, uh, really annoying. Um, good fighter, but in um, Ponzinibbio, he hasn't fought in big think, big. Uh, big yeah, I don't think I don't think he fought at all in uh, 2019 or 2020. You may not have. So I don't. Where do, let me ask you this, man. I don't want to like. I I almost never look at lines. I don't, I don't care for him. I don't believe in him. I like to just pick fighters based on my own knowledge. I'm not saying I'm always right. Um, but they got Ponzinibbio as, as a minus 310 favorite after, like you said, he, that dude hasn't been in the, in the octagon for a minute, dude. So It's because of the people he's fought and put away. Like He's yeah. fucked up pretty much everybody he's fought hmm. within the last, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. Um, he fucked up Neil Magny. Um, that, yeah, that's tr- that's very very true. And he he jacked up Mike Perry pretty good when they fought. And I think who else did he stop? He stopped a. Did he stop Gunnar Nelson? He may have stopped Gunnar Nelson too. Which at the time I think there's a lot I of mean, stock, yeah, there's definitely a lot of stock with Gunnar Nelson because of who he. Yeah, nobody thought he was gonna get knocked out or anything like that. I don't know. I'm gonna go with. Uh, Ponzinibbio. Yeah, me too. Despite oh. the layoff. Uh, like I said, though, these Chinese fighters are coming on strong, man. Um, ooh, he's bigger than I thought. Who's? They're welterweights. Yeah. Right. The, the, so the card that I was, the portion of the card I was looking at doesn't tell me the weights. I don't know. I don't, these guys are shifted. Like I said, a lot of them are shifting, so I don't, I don't have all their weight committed to memory at this point, but. All right, Li like Xing Lang, he's he's a big boy too. Uh, he's a, well, as for especially like I said, Chinese fighter man. Like he's not. Generally speaking, they come out a little smaller, but uh, at welterweight, I mean. Yeah, I just don't like that dude, though. I just I really don't like him at all. I think he kind of fights dirty. Oh yeah, they surely have a different style. What's next? Yeah. So you got Buckley and uh, Alessio de. Chirico, I think. Uh, uh, who knows if I'm saying his name right? I'm, I would go with Buckley. He's a heavy favorite, and that kid's that kid's riding heavy. I've I have to say I honestly don't know who um, 
the other guy is. I, it's like it's like they're just feeding Buckley some other kid to knock out. I mean, I really, I don't, I've never even heard this kid's name. Yeah, so I'll just, uh, I'll just that's, go with Buckley. Uh, that's surprising to me. I would have thought Buckley would be chasing. Um, he doesn't have a number next to his name yet. Uh, I would have thought he'd be chasing somewhere, someone a little higher ranked than just some dude. Um, uh, they might be just trying to, yeah, build them up, you know. Possibly, yeah. And then this last, this uh, the the last fight on the main card. We won't go into the under undercard bouts, but uh, two guys I've never heard of middleweight bout. Uh, so, Punahele uh, Soriano. Yep, he's a Hawaiian. Um, Love Hawaiian I've, fighters. Yep, I've seen him. He's undefeated right now. He's seven and zero. Oh. So you know this uh, Dusko Todorovic. Uh, I'm guessing he's like a Croatian or uh, Serbian or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, he is. He is. Uh, where's he from? Yeah, Serbia. Okay. He's ten and zero. Looks incredible, very scary. Incredible kickboxers come out of that region. Yeah. So, it, oh man, uh, they have him. They have the Serbian as the favorite. Uh, I feel like, uh, dude, he doesn't look familiar. I we I may have seen him on a undercard and you know not really put much stock in him. I would. He's the favorite, and I know they're 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 world class kickboxers in that region, man. This is a pretty even looking fight though. This might this might be like one of those uh like a shocker, you know, people don't yeah, you know, because well, they're un, kind of unknown guys. They're unknown and the lines aren't accurate when when you don't have, you know, he could just be getting pulling being such a favorite because he's undefeated. Hawaiians just don't go away easy, man. None of them do. Yeah, you know? they're both undefeated though. They're Yancey Majeros is probably probably the worst chin out of all the Hawaiians and that dude, it's still, he, he just kind of gets knocked down. He doesn't necessarily get knocked out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I mean, they just, just, it's, they're incredibly hard to put away. Um, I don't know, man. I don't even know where to go with that. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for this fight is, um, fight of the night. I think this one's going to surprise a lot of people. Who do you have? Or don't, or just go. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. I uh, if anytime like a you get a Serbian or a Croat in there, like I'm you gonna pick them right. That. That's who I yep. pick. I pick them every time because they're just built different out there, man. And like in that area, they they I'm telling you, it's like G, uh, Giga Chigadze. He's uh he's from Georgia, but dude, their kickboxing is next yeah. level, dude. Next level kickboxers come out of there. You know they were the big uh, K1 K1 kick kickboxers and stuff like like where uh, Crow Cop started, man. And they've all been able to successfully transition it to the cage or into a mixed martial arts uh, sort of setting. So I'm I'm Plus, with you on that one. The name Dusk Dusko Dusko. I mean, that's a pretty badass name. He just looks tough, dude. He does. Yeah. The other guy, he just looks like a handsome young man that you like let <laughs> help your grandmother cross the street. You know what I mean? He does. He looks nice. He just looks like a cool dude. He's got like a, I don't know. I, the thing is, they're probably both killers, man. They'll come out and just throw a barn burner. I love it when these young guys who you don't really know are the first fight on the main card. Right? Yeah, and, so it's the and first. It's going to be the first highly televised bout of the year. I think they're going to throw and they're going to throw heavy. I think you're right, but I would go with Dusko on this one. And the stakes are super high because both guys don't want to lose because they don't want to lose that undefeated record, right? Yeah, dude. It's getting harder and harder to, uh, um lose and maintain your position in the UFC unless it's like a, a highly like you're two and three or something like that, getting ready for a belt, you know? Yeah. Um, there you, where you've built a ton of stock, but some of these guys that are young and don't have numbers next to their names, you know, they can't afford to lose dude. 
I just can't. So, um, I don't know. I think that one's got, oh, and this is all at Fight Island too, huh? Yeah. Yep. Fight Island, dude. It's, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, uh, it's been interesting. And if, if, like you said, if you watch, if you watch the declassified stuff, it's had, I think they've changed the times, but uh, and their first go of it, it, uh, it was really messing with some fighters, like their times and everything and like adjusting. And, you know, obviously that's in, um, the UAE. So like they're trying to run it so that it's more, um, and it, yeah, so this is, Oh shit. This is on at one p- Saturday, 1 PM, uh, mountain central time, dude. So like, I hope everybody listens to this because the time's not normal. So that's when the main card starts. I love those afternoon weird events. I do too. It's just like, I just, you got to double check because it's weird that you, you're not used to seeing it then, but that's, yeah. that's there. That's the UFC like adapting for their fighters. Cause the first couple, they were still running them at night and the fighters were pissed <laughs> because the sleep schedules were trash, you know, like they're trying to, they're, you know, they're fighting at like two and three in the morning and shit. Like, dude, I don't yeah. care who you are. That's going to be weird. You know, I, I would not want to do that. I mean, I don't care how long you were out there and trying to adjust to the sleep schedule and stuff. That's just going to be odd. So, uh, good on them for making the adjustment. That's cool, man. That's in between, uh, in between two playoff football games. So, so UFC on ABC Holloway versus Cater, January 16th, 2021 fight Island fucking live on ABC and ESPN. Huh? <laughs> yeah. See 10 AM dude. Is when the prelims start. I love it. Yeah, that'll be fun. What a fucking way to start your Saturday, dude. With some arm Yeah, I'm not doing anything anyways. Well, I know you got a lot on your plate, dude. I appreciate you doing these doing these uh, episodes with me and chatting, man. I look forward to the Pugilist. The Pugilist podcast episodes, I think, are going to be super fun. Yeah, once once we... We'll work out the kinks and get everything figured out. and yeah. It'll just get better and better. I'm excited for the next couple too. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, Kiesa and Magni fight and then the, the McGregor and Poirier. Yeah, dude. I'd, lo- I'd love it when they, so that you got the Wednesday card, right? And then, then you roll right into another pay-per-view towards the end. So. Dude, Kiesa and Magni, that's a crazy fight too. Holy shit. Here, let's, let's just, uh, let's just talk briefly about what's coming up and then we'll, we'll do a reaction on the, the Holloway Cotter card and then talk about these other two. I'm super excited, man. Like it's weird that they're, I don't know, man. I almost wish they would have brought the McGregor uh, pay-per-view in first or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what they, I, I guess I don't That's so weird though. The 16th, the 20th and the 24th all, all have events. Yeah, so I, that's part of being on the island. Um, yeah, no, that's great. Because I know it's a true bubble. So once you're in, they don't let you out. Yeah. So like all the people, uh, I, I do, as I understand it, though, I'm not sure if they're doing it now in January. There are um, limited fans attendance coming up. So um, these, uh, you know, like I said, the declassified stuff about how they ran this bubble, man, it was pretty ins- It's pretty intense, dude. Like. Um, it's a true like COVID fucking free environment. The fans that are that are there, they're going to be seated in the nosebleeds. I'm assuming like they're uh, not going to be sitting. Yeah, I'm not sure how uh, how far away. Oh, speaking of that, dude, uh, going back kind of the COVID stuff. How did you feel about um not having fans and crowd noise? Like, 
being able to hear corners and fighters talking during fights was pretty special, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to say about like hearing the audience get all pumped up when something crazy happens, and you know, I, I like being able to see the fighters feed off the you know, yeah, what the fans are throwing out. But at the same time, there's like a there's an intimacy in two people fighting one another that just kind of demands silence, and I like just very pride. Very yeah, pride. If you've ever yeah. watched pride, the Japanese fans are like insanely quiet until like. Uh, a strike, a, a really sturdy strike happens or like uh, a takedown, then they kind of bulk up and then they, you know, they'll quiet back down, but they're highly, highly educated fans. So um, yeah, I, it's, I, I I, it's an intimate thing, dude. I, I really appreciate both, but um, I'm not gonna lie, man. I kind of like, uh, I kind of like uh, no crowd noise, dude, just to be honest. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I like it too. Um, Certain, it's definitely impacted certain fighters, though. There are some people that obviously um, don't come with the necessarily the same energy. Yeah, I mean, you take it like a guy like Connor. You know, he he loves the crowd. You know, yeah. um, I think most fighters probably probably do. But uh, I don't know. I th- you know, from sitting at home on your couch, it's just you know, it's nice to just wa- be able to watch the fight, and not have to listen to fucking booze and shit like that when the fight goes to the ground. You know. I, yeah, especially for like I said, for like uneducated folks that are just there for a good time, that yeah. maybe don't, don't appreciate some of the subtle grappling exchanges and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating when something really intricate is taking place and people are booing. You're like, come on, man! Like, you know, but not everybody. Uh, you know, obviously, like not everybody gets the same excitement out of grappling and stuff that you and I might. So. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right, man. What do you think, man? You got any uh, any other 2020 comments, you think, or what? Ooh. No, I, I still stand by Gaethje's performance over Tony Ferguson being my favorite moment. Yeah. Um, I think that was the shit. I'm going to fucking reach out to Jordan Leavitt and try and get him on the podcast for a fucking interview. I'm going to make you his biggest fan. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's do it, dude. He's a, oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> One and all in the UFC, he probably yeah, would. Right? He probably, yeah, I'm sure he would. So, dude, like one thing I've noticed about some of this stuff, man, like you know, people are always talking about how you slide up in motherfuckers' DMs and shit. Like, <laughs> dude, I've had an interview with T. Edwards and twice with Kyle Stewart, and that's exactly how the fuck I got him on my show. I just was like, "Yo, man, this is who I am." Like, what's up? You want to chat? You know? And they're like, "Yeah, dude, fuck it." <laughs> you know, it's like you just be surprised how approachable some of these dudes are. Yeah, and it, I, I think before that fight he didn't have like shit for Twitter followers. And I mean, now oh, sure he's it's up you know, sure it's up there now. Yeah. He's, he's bumped up, but, uh, Jojo underscore monkey. Oh, he's only got, he's got less than 3000 followers. Interesting. I bet you he'd fucking do an interview. He's a cringy fuck dude. I wonder like, no, yeah, it's all good. He's awesome. Maybe I'll reach out to Henry Zahudo too. Cause I know you love him so much. Oh, fuck dude. Triple <laughs> <laughs> C. Triple C. What a fucking weirdo that dude is. <laughs> he's he. I think he's talking about coming back, dude. I mean, when they retire, I think I think um, like why retire, bro? Just tell people you need to take a fucking break for a couple minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Henry's uh, motivation was in in giving up the belt and yeah. So retiring. good on him. Good on him for actually vacating the fucking belt, though. It's like technically Khabib has not vacated the belt. So yeah, that's just gets weird when the division can't move along, you know? 
Well, I think Dana's just so dead set on getting Khabib to fight, you know, and go 30 and 0. And I, and I heard something that uh, Dana wanted him to fight McGregor. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you make that fight happen again? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think, um, can honestly even say that uh, McGregor even really deserves that fight, bro. No, and I honestly wouldn't even want to see it. Khabib I, completely outclassed. Yeah, there was really no, it really wasn't a contest, in my opinion. I love Conor McGregor, dude. Absolutely love him. But, um, that was uh, not good for his stock. Let's just say that. You know, that that fight, he was um, beaten handily. There's nobody that Khabib needs to fight. And honestly, I would not want to see Khabib and Tony Ferguson fight right now based off of Tony's last two. That's, uh, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. He, it, took, he took Gaethje apart, no problem. Never saw yeah. the triangle coming, but yeah, man. I mean, Khabib's a fucking terror for anybody, dude. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. Um, I don't I don't see who who he could come back and fight, unless like something crazy happened with like Michael Chandler and uh, Dan Hooker, you know, when they're fighting. Yeah, because then it would sure. just be, it would be new and intriguing. But um, yeah, I like the I like the proposition of a St. Pierre uh, Khabib fight. But where would they do it? At what weight? You know, um, I think the only logical weight is one seventy. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah. Thought St. Pierre was 185. So does he really even want to try to make weight again? You know, I don't know. I don't, where do, where do they even, where do they even do it? And that's what, that's the only fight that I've seen, um, Khabib mention. Yeah. That's probably the only fight that people, I mean, that's the only fight that really makes sense, but makes sense from like a legacy standpoint. Yeah. Realistically though, I don't think George wants to fucking fight anymore. I don't think he wants to cut down to 155 pounds, you know? Oh, there's no way George gets to 155. He's he's said before that he can make it. Really? I mean, if George, yeah, and I mean, I, I believe him. He's never missed weight in his fucking life. He's never even been close. Yeah. Um. Wow, that'd be uh, dude, because he's shredded at 185. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, good on him, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think Dana just needs to back off Khabib and just let him ride off into the sunset with his 29 and no record. You know, yeah, that fight, honestly, that uh, Khabib fighting again, frankly, doesn't excite me um, at all. Like, I don't, I don't, I mean, his style is a winning style, but it's not super exciting, you know? Yeah. I mean, and who gives a shit if it's 30 and 0 or 29 and no? I mean, it's a. Is that really what we're talking about? You know, I mean, is that, is that really what's fucking important that he's 30 and 0? Yeah, I don't. It's gonna don't, make him any more. Right. I don't. Right? See, I don't see why thirty and zero matters. Um. Uh. And he's no one's ever even fucking come close. You know. No. I don't think no. anyone's even come close. I'd be willing to bet. Uh, I don't. Has he even ever lost a round? He. And if he has, it's maybe been a round. Maybe. Yeah, he's lost. I think he lost. Yeah, a couple of rounds. Maybe to like Gleason Tabau. I think that was the one fight people talk about where they they think that could be may have actually lost that fight, but got kind of a gifted decision. Yeah. But that was super early on in his UFC career too. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, we're getting out of the gate hot though. Just, or, well, slow, but then hot. It's weird. It's a weird, <laughs> weird kind of build up, right? Like I'm excited about the Holloway Cotter fight, but the rest of the card's not super exciting. The middle card with Magni. Yeah. I just looked at some of the fights. Um, and then not too pumped. Not really, man. And then, obviously, anytime McGregor fights, I get really excited. But yeah, um, so that's a barn burner. But interesting, uh, interesting month of January for sure. I'm gonna have to look forward here and see what else we got. But 
yeah man uh looking forward to it Look, we, we'll do another one talking about the other two uh cards yeah, like, yeah just i want to do a little more research because i was just kind of vaguely going over it and didn't really see sure uh, yeah i need to look at, at a couple of these guys because um they're definitely it's not like you have like three belts on the line you know yeah so um some of them yeah there's i mean there's just uh they got rid of some fighters and they brought some new fighters in so some of these names like that's one thing about the ufc is like it used to be i could like I, I had most all the fighters committed you could almost guarantee they were going to fight like almost every other card because they were so spaced out but now um the ufc has such a huge stable of fighters dude like some of these kids like you don't even you know you don't even really know them yeah so when the fuck's that juicy slut tj coming back uh soon definitely we'll see him in 2021 he's he'll be off his suspension oh january 19th his suspension ends yeah he's he's i mean i've he was quiet on social media from what i saw and he's starting to talk again so um yeah yeah i saw him talk about how he deserves an immediate fucking title shot when he comes back i was like get the fuck out of here man fucking full of shit dude i'm not a not a big fan of drug cheats no speaking of drug cheats it's no longer illegal in the ufc Oh, I saw that. Smoke weed. That's exciting, right? We can break that down next time. Yeah. Lots on it. So I'm sure the Diaz brothers are super pumped about that one. You know they are. <laughs> and you sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah. You know what's annoying though is like a couple of guys have been suspended for that. So that's we'll talk about that next time. All right. All right, man. Uh yeah, good chat, dude. I'll uh I'll punch this thing out. Um probably well, yeah, I'll, I'll build it up and put it out tomorrow, I think. Sweet. All right, bud. All right. Uh, yeah. Fun. I'll, uh, I'll chit chat with you through the weekend on the fights. And then, uh, uh, dude, I don't know what I'm going to do with the, I, I believe Dana White when he says like things are changing. <laughs> like, Oh, with the piracy shit. Yeah. I haven't found a workaround yet. So I'm going to have to keep looking. I don't know who he's going to go after. Is he going to go after the person that starts the link or just the little guy who uses the link? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you have to think you can go to a what you can target the website, right? You can target the hosting site, and then you can get the individual IP addresses from all the people that are logged in watching. And then I guess maybe you could feasibly go after every single one of those IP addresses. But I, you know, an IP address is an IP address. I mean, you can kind of fuck with those too. And you know, all you have to do is fucking unplug your router, and you get a fucking new IP address. Huh. Right. Um, at least I think that's how it works. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll but see. I think, dude, like Nick Diaz said, man, I think he's selling wolf tickets. He's just trying to spook everyone. Cool. Well, I'm going to try it this first one and see what happens. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, man. Well, yeah, dude. Uh, good one. Everyone, if you like the podcast, subscribe, listen, follow. Join us. Welcome yeah. to the family. Yeah. Yeah. We're expanding the brand. Start watching MMA. Yeah. I do. I, I think, uh, I think we'll get some people to, um, start watching if they haven't been, or at least engaging with us more on a, on a deeper level, if you will. It doesn't make sense to everybody likes a fight. Who doesn't like to see two people fight? I haven't met many people that don't like that. No, my wife doesn't like people fighting, but she'll watch MMA with me yeah. and she's a, a sweet woman. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, bud. We'll, uh, we'll end her there, man. We'll, uh, All right. we'll do it again soon. Sounds good. All right, bro. Adios. Should my baby make no sound?
Maybe we can wait each other out 